Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Episode 280 is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are here live in living color. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will. Of course, I am Chris Featherstone. Follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook, Crave Wrestling. We are there. We are everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about today on the road to WrestleMania, but we're going to do the real roadblock tonight. The roadblock comes in the form of the 2015 Ring of Honor ROH Top Prospect winner, none other then feast your eyes on Donovan Dijak. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm very good. How are you? Good. I hope you liked the intro. <laughs> I very much enjoyed the intro. It was it was it was quite festive. <laughs> thank thank you very much. So, March Madness is your bracket just completely ab- obliterated? I didn't fill out a bracket, and I haven't watched a second of March Madness. I don't I don't know what it is, but ever since. I uh, I started pro wrestling. I've had like zero time for for uh, actual sports, which is 
strange because before it was, you know, a huge portion of my time, um, especially March Madness. I used to enjoy it very much, but, but now I, I feel like if I even watch like a, you know, even a minute of a game that I'll, I'll, I'll become invested in something that I can't really commit enough time to. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't really watch it anymore. The, the only sports that I really have time for anymore, are, uh, the, the New England Patriots on, on Sundays. So I, so that's, that's the only sport really I watch anymore. Oh man, I am a very anti New England Patriot. Um, yeah, I do not like the Patriots at all. I'm a big Titans fan, and uh, we've no. got some good acqui- yeah, we've got some good acquisitions, man. We got uh, um, just, I mean, we had so about three or four good signings, um, which was this starting this coming season, which I'm really really excited about. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really excited about that. So. So yeah, did you do you, do you have like a uh, uh, basketball team uh, of your preference? Uh, from I guess the day from I was college? born to to about uh, about two thousand uh, uh, twelve or thirteen, I was I was a pretty gigantic uh, Boston Celtics fan. Okay. Um. I, I followed them religiously, even throughout high school and college. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, once I started pro wrestling, I just I had zero time, especially, you know, weekdays at 7 p.m. or, or whenever the NBA typically plays their schedule. So I, I just really haven't had time to, to follow them since then. I mean, I, I still, you know, listen to sports talk radio and, and hear mm-hmm. about how they're doing and everything like that. But I, I unfortunately don't have time to watch the games anymore. From 2000, mm-hmm. uh to about 2011 or 12, I was uh, I, I was the kind of fan who like you know got season tickets and, and used to go to all the games and, and things things of that nature. So that was that was a fun kind of portion of my life. But unfortunately now I, I don't really have time for it anymore. So so it doesn't yeah. really happen. <laughs> so were you a, were you a college fan at all? Uh, I'd imagine you're a New England guy. So what New Mass uh, UMass? Uh, well, I mean, I went to UMass for uh, mm-hmm. a year and I played football there. Um, once I, I was done with that, that was my, my red shirt season of football. I transferred to a smaller, a smaller college, uh, named Bridgewater state where I, I played both football and basketball. Uh, nobody in, in this area really call college sports are not big in New England. It's, it's the professional sports that, that have the biggest following. Like our, our biggest colleges are, Boston College, UMass, um, I guess Holy Cross kind of for basketball, maybe BU for hockey and, and Merrimack and stuff like that for hockey, but but they don't have the biggest followings outside of their, you know, little regions. So yeah. so the the big teams are the you know, the Patriots, the Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics. Those that's what everybody here cares about really. Yeah. So did you grow up watching wrestling at all? I did. Yeah. I, um, maybe, maybe grow up isn't the right word. I started watching when I was about, uh, 12. That's kind of the time that we got cable television so I could get the USA network. Um, and I actually wasn't allowed to watch wrestling. So I kind of had to sneak around to, to watch it, especially for the first two or three years. 
Um, probably rightfully so, because the Attitude Era probably wasn't the most appropriate thing for a 12 <laughs> or 13 year old right. to be watching. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so so after that, I watched it pretty religiously from probably 99 to 2003, 2004, something like that. And that's when high school sports started to kind of take precedent on uh, Monday nights. So uh, so there was a gap there of about eight or nine years where I wasn't really watching the, the, the product too religiously, the, the WWE product anyway. Yeah. But then once so, I once I graduated, uh, I started watching again because I had more free time on, you know, Mondays and, and Thursdays or Fridays or what have you. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was around 2011, I guess. OK, so 99 to 01 was still the <clears throat> the Monday Night Wars. And I mean, what did you. Is there anything that you vividly remember or, or your biggest takeaways from that experience of watching the Monday Night Wars for two years? Uh, I remember it was exciting. I, I personally didn't watch WCW at all, so so mm-hmm. I, I wasn't one of the the channel flipper type people mm-hmm. who would you know go back and forth. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember the the product being you know, particularly gripping on, on any given Monday, just because there was such fierce competition. I, I, I think in pro wrestling, oftentimes having competition like that is, is what drives and, and motivates both wrestlers and, and companies to, yeah to, you know, really uh, up their game, so to speak, uh, and put on the, the best product possible um, as is with probably any, you know, competition or, or business uh, you know it's always driven by by uh by motivation so <clears throat> so that's my biggest takeaway i mean going back and the the actual in-ring sort of wrestling wasn't wasn't the greatest in the history of the of the business but um but the the storylines and the the way everything was kind of measured and, and thought out and how each week had to be gripping in its own in its own right was, was really what stood out to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any wrestlers in particular that, that were your favorites? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was, mm-hmm. was definitely at the top of the list for me. Um, just really captivating sort of stuff. Um, at the time, just everything that I enjoyed about, um, you know, a, a character in the, in the professional wrestling environment. Mm-hmm. What made you want to start re- watching wrestling again? Well, that would be uh, that would be CM Punk. He had a, hmm. a pipe bomb promo thing that was that was getting a lot of uh, attention. So uh, it happened to correspond with the time when I had uh, just graduated from from college. So I no longer had basketball or football to to preoccupy my time. So I was sort of looking for for something to do. And then I saw some commercials that were, that were advertising, you know, Monday night raw or, or whatever it happened to be. And, and that, that, uh, that promo was, was generating a lot of, a lot of buzz, whether it be on the, the internet or on commercials or however I happened to, to pick it up. So that's when I started watching again. And, and I guess I watched for maybe a, a year, give or take before I, I started training. And Brian Fury uh, trains you, right? That's correct. Yeah, he's the the uh, he is currently and and was at the time the 
the owner of the the New England Pro Wrestling Academy in uh, North Andover, Massachusetts. Uh, at the time that I started training, um, uh, uh, Warbeard Hansen was also a, a, a full-time trainer there. Um, so I'm, I'm initially trained by, by both of them, but, but, uh, once, once Hanson had, uh, ROH commitments and, and things like that, where he couldn't commit full-time to the school, that's, uh, Brian Jerry basically took over as the, the full-time head trainer of the, the school. And I've been attending every, every Tuesday and Thursday since. Nice. So you, uh, Graduated from the, the the smaller school, the more, smaller university, right, Bridgewater State. And yep, what right. were you what were you planning on doing? And what you, you know, you said you got a revival of your interest in wrestling. What were you planning on doing, and why did you choose wrestling? Well, my plan I, I have both an undergraduate and a graduate degree in criminal justice, and I was hoping to use that to transition into federal law enforcement. So that's sort of the, the path that I started to take in 2011, 2012. I was a, I was an investigator for, um, for, uh, the, the public defender's office in, in Massachusetts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I started wrestling kind of by chance. I mean, obviously I, I began watching the product and I was, I was very invested and I was enjoying it very much. Um, but it, it, it just kept kind of, uh, kind of happened one day i i was um i was uh doing some research uh because i was we were myself and my my girlfriend at the time now my fiance we were we were uh we were transitioning to a to another gym because we weren't happy with the one we were at so i was doing some research on a, a gold's gym in uh in nashville new hampshire which is a a town basically right next to where we were living at the time so i naturally googled gold's gym nashua new hampshire manager or something like that and the the first article that popped up was a was an article about uh triple h who apparently when he was training at killer kowalski's in malden massachusetts was a manager at uh, gold's gym in nashua new hampshire so that's that's the article that popped up i got to reading the article i learned that killer kowalski's was in malden massachusetts i had heard of killer kowalski's but i'd never known it was in massachusetts so I found that very interesting, especially because at the time I was working in Malden, Massachusetts, on Pleasant Street, where the, the facility was located. So I thought, oh, well, wow. you know, maybe I'll look into it. I thought maybe I'll look into it. So um, so I did some research, and anyone can really do this right now. If you if you type in Killer Kowalski's, it'll probably take you to the, the, the original Killer Kowalski's website, which will link you to the website, will link you to the New England program because they all kind of transitioned into one another over the over the course of the past you know decade and a half or so so um so that's how i got linked up at the school i, I sent them an email that night because i was so interested and i ended up visiting the school i think maybe a day or two later mm-hmm. um and uh i i loved the school i ended up saving up money over the over the next month um and then I went to a, a, a fantasy camp to, to try out the ring and everything. And I think I signed up for a lifetime membership like the next day or something like that. And I've I've been going ever since, including tonight. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, that's awesome. It's, uh, so, so you trained there. Was it a matter of someone 
you know, seeing your potential and just kind of give it like how, what was the transition between that and ring of honor? Because I know that you, you still do any work you do, you do with, uh, you work with uh, chaotic wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, what's the other one? Um, starts with the B. I, I don't remember. Uh, beyond wrestling, I believe. Beyond wrestling probably. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I work for a number of indies actually. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the transition to ring of honor is through their, uh, their, uh, their tryout camps that they hold Mm -hmm. maybe three or four times a year, something like that. Um, maybe a little more. Uh, so I'd gone to two of those and, um, after the, the second one, um, they, you know, they, they liked what they saw that that was in, uh, I guess early 2014. Um, I ended up getting an opportunity at a, at a show that they had called future of honor. Uh, this one was mm-hmm. the second future of honor they had, uh, where I wrestled moose. Um, and, uh, that, that went well. I ended up getting the, the opportunity later that year or hearing about the opportunity later that year in December of 2014 with the top prospect tournament, which ended up taking place in early 2015, obviously. Um, I ended up winning that, that tournament, and mm-hmm. from there it just kind of transitioned into a into a, a contract with the company, which, which I've been very fortunate to be uh, uh, making my way through for the past year, and I've been incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by such talent to be placed in the ring with, with such talent, especially so, you know, early in my career, I'm, I've still only been wrestling for, you know, about three years now. So, and I've been able to spend about half of that, you know, wrestling the, the best talent in the world. So, so I'm definitely very fortunate to be a part of ring of honor. I'm also very fortunate to be a part of beyond wrestling and chaotic wrestling and, and XWA and, and all sorts of promotions that are, you know, put me with the best talent in the world, you know, a WXW in Germany, who was, who was able to bring me over revolution pro in in England, who's bringing me back in April. I mean, they, I'm so fortunate to be continuously put in the, in the, in these wonderful situations. And I'm, I'm just grateful and, and fortunate that it's, that it's happened at, at such an early point in my, in my pro wrestling career. Yeah, I think I think what helps you, and I, and I would say even from from my end, because I, I mean, you know, I followed you. The, the the top prospect tournament was the first time I've ever known about you, and just the the versatility of you, you know, as being you know what six 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 seven, and you know just the 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 type the style of wrestling that I saw. And still see in you. I think it, it didn't take long at all for people to really be hooked onto you because they're thinking like you know someone's you know two hundred seventy pounds, six seven, two sixty, two seventy. You know, I'm not expecting them to do all types of springboard moves and things like that. So I think that was it, the 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 type of style for your size is is not common. So that really kind of got people cooked really, really fast. And then the feast your eyes move. I think, I mean, when when you first did that move, I said, Whoa, I mean, I've never seen anyone do it as a finisher, uh, especially, you know, the way that you do it. Cause you have the size 
and you have you have the height to really make it a devastating Lincoln move. And how did that come about? Was it a matter of seeing something, seeing some tape, or or was it a matter of just kind of thinking about finishing moves in your head that's unique? Did someone give you the idea? How did that move? How did that, how did that move become a finisher to you? Yeah, it um it originated in class. Uh, basically, I was I was just trying to think of new moves, which kind of always part of the you know after class sort of routine. You know, you you hang out after class and you try different stuff, see what works, see what doesn't. Uh, originally, um, I was with uh, uh, one of the the kids I train with. His name's Christian Casanova, and I was I was just picking him up and and trying different stuff. So originally it started as like a body slam, but like a backwards body slam. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just kind of landed him on his feet and, and gave him the, you know, the, the, the CM Punk Kenta G, GTS thing. Um, so I was like, Oh, this is interesting. I'll, I'll try using that. So from there it evolved into a, like a dominator sort of thing, like a, like Farouk's dominator type position. Mm-hmm. Um, I used that for like a couple months with the knee strike. And then I, I switched over to a burning hammer, uh, where I was using the left knee at, at first, um, in the, throughout the top prospect tournament and maybe for like a couple of the first months of, of ROH. And then finally I, I switched it over to the, the right knee, which is what I do now. And, and, you know, the more, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get with it. Now I, I am able to, to throw it pretty proficiently at any any point that i that i need it so that's kind of that's kind of how it evolved uh hopefully it's obviously it's lost some of the you know the initial shock factor but i, I think people still enjoy seeing it especially on ring of honor where you know i i wasn't winning very often so they they certainly didn't see the move very often but I, every time i broke it out it, it still gets a, a pretty good reaction so i think i think you know, it's it's one of those things that once people see in person, they're probably more impressed than when they, they see it on television or whatever. So, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, the Brock Lesnar's F5 or The Undertaker's Tombstone. It's just one of those moves that, that people are probably going to enjoy seeing for, you know, however long I'm going to be doing it, I guess. Yeah. Now, you got a lot of uh, uh, positive reaction from the fans when you won the uh, top prospect tournament, defeating Will Ferrara, who also uh, at the time was a really big underdog uh, fan favorite. Now that allowed you to face Jay Lethal, but somehow you were written to join the house of truth. And to me, honestly, it, it, it was interesting because you relinquished your, uh, title opportunity to join the house of truth. Now, how was that written in? What was the thought behind that? Because to be honest with you, it was a little weird to me. And I honestly think that your time with the house of truth got a little stale. It really didn't lead you too much. I mean, I know you were team with Jay diesel for a while, but that really didn't go too far. How was that? How was that kind of created? What, what, What was the thought process behind that to kind of elevate you? Uh, the, the thought process, um, in a, in a, I guess in a storyline sense was that, uh, you know, truth Martini, you know, convinced me that I, I didn't have any sort of feasible chance 
against Jay Lethal, um, which kind of makes sense considering that he's, you know, beaten everyone <laughs> for the past, you know, two or three years or whatever it happens to be. Um, and that, you know, joining his, his house of truth would be more beneficial. Um, I think from a, from a booking standpoint, just being around Jay Lethal and, and Truth Martini was, was um, the, the thought process of, of being beneficial, which it's hard to argue with because, uh, you know, I was able for, for a year to, to, you know, wrestle pretty much everyone that, that Lethal was wrestling, you know, with the exception of AJ Styles because he, he had a, a back injury, but I was scheduled to wrestle him. So, so basically anytime Lethal was feuding with someone, I was feuding with someone. And then towards the end, we started tagging together against, you know, some of the best tag teams in the world. So, so, uh, you know, even, even though the, 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 the role was, was sort of, you know, secondary, obviously to, to, to Jay, the, 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 uh, the experience, I mean, I, I got to wrestle, you know, Roderick Strong, Michael Elgin, uh, the Young Bucks, uh, the Bullet Club, uh, Red Dragon, <clears throat> you know, all, all sorts of, you know, top level talent uh, in Ring of Honor. So so it, uh, from that sense, it was, it was uh, you know, obviously a, a, a great experience. And just being around, you know, uh, you know, Jay Lethal and, and Truth Martinis obviously has the <clears throat> the the intended effect after uh you know a short amount of time and then and then obviously with uh the the trip to europe <clears throat> that made a good uh transitionary period for me to to make my way out of the house of truth yeah <clears throat> and yeah and it was an interesting uh separation there and i think that uh to me watching that i, I was happy to see that because i mean you you make perfect sense as far as the opportunity that it gave you, but I think as a character, just as far as the evolution of your character and because it was so hot before you joined the house of truth, it just seems like it was, it kind of sizzled, you know, a little bit and kind of fizzed out just a little bit. Um, but I think the separation was good uh, with what we saw and it, and it kind, of, it kind of came full circle too. And, and, and I did like that uh, because you were a fan favorite during the house of truth. And then you split, but nothing really came from the split. Is there something brewing or was it just a split and you kind of doing your thing? Cause we haven't seen you on TV for a while. Um, you plan on coming back soon? Yeah. I, I'm not sure of the exact timeline. Um, I mean, I don't want to do any spoilers, but I'm, I'm going to be on television as far. I was at the last TV tapings and, um, for anyone who orders the, the VODs or buys the DVDs, they saw me at, uh, on the, on the last, the, the, the Philly con, I think it's called a conquest tour. So I, I came out and, and, uh, had some, some interaction on that VOD. If, if, if anyone wants to go purchase that, they can do that right now. It's available. It just became available last week, I think at our, dot Um, and in terms of television, I, I, I'm fairly certain that I will be making my return to ROH TV very, very, very shortly. Nice. Yeah, man, we we need some die jack in our life. Um, because oh, I uh, agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, th- yeah, I think, at- I think, 
I think you and everybody else will be pleasantly surprised with the uh, with the direction that that uh, the the character is heading in. Nice, yeah. I think that's uh, that's a good promise. I think that's a very promising promising statement, which uh, I'm going to hold you mm-hmm. to. <laughs> but, you got it. Uh, yeah, that's that's good, man. So I, I uh, watched you live, uh, and I, I took the trip to Dayton and uh, saw you at the beginning of the year, or late last year. I think that's what you went against Elgin in Dayton. And uh, oh yes. Yeah, awesome, awesome match, man. The I think that was probably the match of the night. The people were really, really into that match, and uh, I mean, just Elgin. Period. You know, just he, he's just a workhorse. Uh, with your short time, short but very productive time in ROH, who would you say that you know maybe one or two matches that you remember the most that that just really stood out of being your best? Um. There's, uh, I think there's three that that come to mind. The the Elgin one probably is right at the top of that list. Probably the top of that list, just because <clears throat> I feel like that's the that's probably the first and and maybe maybe one of the only times where I, I felt like like I was given both. Um, or where I was given basically like uh, like a platform that was that was kind of just um, not I'm not sure how to phrase this when you're when you're given uh, like time to to perform in professional wrestling it it it, it can it can make a difference like. Like it's one like any, any amount of time is obviously you know cherished you know even if it's just two minutes of doing something you got to make the most of it but yeah if you're if you're trusted with you know uh, fifteen twenty minutes I don't remember how long the match was but I remember it was you know a, a main event length of, of of time that's to me that's like my wheelhouse you know that's that's where I can really really you know shine and 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 do all the things that, that, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm capable of doing in terms of, uh, you know, uh, entertaining an audience. So that, that one in particular, I remember was, was specifically a, a time where I, I felt like I was given that opportunity and I took advantage of it. Um, a couple other times where, where the, the two main events that I've been involved with, which was the, uh, myself and lethal against the young bucks in Florida. And then myself, um, uh, the 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 House of Truth against the Bullet Club, and that was in I, I want to say uh, Milwaukee, uh, Turner Hall, I think, in in Milwaukee. So th- those three matches really um, stick out to me as as um, you know matches where where I was able to you know really uh, you know make a make an impact, and it wasn't just like. Uh, you know, some, some sort of match to, to, to build the story for, for, for something else indirectly. It it felt like in those three matches that like the focus was, was just on, on this, you know, this moment. And, and those are the matches where, where I I feel like um, where it's the expectation is, is for everyone in the match to shine. And and hopefully I I made a, a positive impact on in the fans eyes anyway. Yeah. I think so. Um, I really liked your match with Moose. Um, that was really, really, really good uh, match. And just 
the very fact that you both are very you, you both have ver- very similar styles. You're both, you know, tall. He's he's a little bigger than you are, but you know, you both are tall and big and with and very agile. Uh, I don't know. To me, a, a moose diejack team would be very very interesting. But I, I, but I like you both as singles competitors because I think you both have a lot of steam and, and, and promise towards uh, you both. Will, and I think it would be awesome. So let's talk real, really quick about some, some WrestleMania moments. Uh, what WrestleMania moments do you remember um, the most? Um, well, from my childhood, I would, I would say anything involving Stone Cold and The Rock is probably – what sticks out the most in my mind, that was kind of the rivalry that, that kind of brought me into professional wrestling and, and really, uh, you know, the, stuck into my head. Um, yeah, the Wrestle three WrestleManias, right? Yeah, in terms of, um, more more specifically for me, it would be uh, 15 and 17. Those are the, those are the ones that, that I watched uh, live and, and thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I I would say that that going back and having watched you know all the WrestleMania matches, the 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 ones that I enjoy the most are probably the the Shawn Michaels Undertaker series of of matches. Those are you know just after having done you know wrestling training and and everything like that, and after you know mm-hmm. being in a obviously a once you start you know, uh, training to be a pro wrestler, you obviously become a bigger fan of pro wrestling. So once, once my fandom, I suppose, took that, took that next step, that's when those matches started to become really special for me. So, so those would be the, the moments per se that, that kind of stick out for me. Oh yeah. 17 to me, 17 was the best WrestleMania of all time. I just, I don't know. How old was I in WrestleMania 17? Um, I was in my early 20s, I believe. And yeah, it was it was just absolutely incredible. Um, late teens, early 20s, something like that. But yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing. And uh, just the spectacle that came with just the the whole babyface versus babyface main event rock and, and Austin was were both babyfaces at the time two the, the hugest just large in life gigantic names and then Austin making the turn you know the shocking turn you know who would have thunk that Austin turned heel inside of a fence and just yeah it was it was absolutely incredible I, I totally agree with you there so yeah man it, it NXT is, is really, really becoming popular. Can you imagine yourself there at all? Um, well, not currently. I'm currently under contract with Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah of course not. But <laughs> what I'm saying as far as wrestling with people like Austin Aries and uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe was there for, for a little bit um, when he made his transition from TNA to NXT. He was in... Um, ROH for a little bit. Did you have any interaction with him? Uh, not at Ring of Honor. I mean, he was in the back at ROH, so I like met him and shook his hand. I, I was able to wrestle him though for a company called Northeast Wrestling. Um, okay. So that was obviously a great opportunity. That was last uh, towards the end of last summer. 
able to, to wrestle him. We had a good match. Uh, New York, I think, something like that. Maybe Ohio. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was it was it was awesome. I, I learned a lot by by wrestling him. Uh, Austin Aries, I've never had the the opportunity to meet, but um, but yeah, their their roster is is loaded. It, it, it feels like everybody's roster nowadays is is, is pretty yeah, loaded. That's so true. so I mean I I'm you know I, I'm obviously very early in my hopefully you know knock on wood early in my my pro wrestling career so you're never quite sure where it's where it's going to take you but but you know it feels like everybody in in every company is so talented that i you know i just can't wait to to wrestle you know all of them and you know wherever wherever the the tides may may take me i can't really you know predict that but uh but i do know that that the the talent is at an all-time high right now Oh yeah, I, it's yeah. There's so many, you know, the the three major companies in the states, of course, WWE, TNA, and ROH, just amazing rosters. If you had one WrestleMania match, WrestleMania 32 is uh, a week and a half away, about a week and a half away. If yep. you had one person to wrestle at WrestleMania 32 right now, who would it be, and why? Uh, Cesaro. Oh, nice choice. Why is that? I uh, because I feel that he's the the best uh professional wrestler, the best in-ring professional wrestler in the world right now. I mean, in my opinion of all time, but but certainly certainly right now. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, that would be yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really good choice. That came from left field to me cuz I would have never imagined you uh, Say that choice. I, I don't know who you would have chosen, but I think that was an, an, an excellent choice. Yeah, Cesaro versus Donovan Dijak. That just sounds very interesting on paper. So if there was one ROH person, that, uh, that I think that that is a good first choice. If there's one ROH person currently that you would that you would choose, who would it be? Jay Lethal. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, makes, Jay Lethal the. <laughs> The uh, I, I think Cesaro is the most talented in-ring um, professional wrestler in the world today, and I, I feel that Jay Lethal is the best all-around professional wrestler in the world today. So those are my yeah. those are fairly easy top two choices for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seemingly, and I think uh, those are very excellent uh, top two choices. My, Jay Lethal is actually my uh, he's on. I have like a Featherstone ranking like some type of you know how uh, you say you weren't you weren't much of a WCW uh, uh, watcher back in the day mm-hmm. but back in the early 90s they used to have this top five this weekly top five and um, a lot of times Eric Bischoff would uh, do the top five or uh, Gordon Soley or Jim Ross and, you know, you have the top five U.S. champions, you know, and, and the contenders and so forth. And I have I kind of have that in my mind. I have like a top five. And for probably the past, I'd say about year, year and a half, I'd say Jay Lethal has been uh, the either the number one or number two slot uh, pretty, pretty uh, consistently uh, for me as, as, for, as my favorite wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a big Jay Lethal uh, supporter, and I think that uh, he is. No offense, I think you'll be there. 
but I think he's the the greatest wrestler that ever lived, as he says. So, <laughs> so big uh, big shout out to kudos to Jay Lethal. But more importantly, man, awesome time uh, speaking with you. And I, man, just three years in the business, not a lot of people can say that within three years they've won the ROH Top Prospect Tournament. They've got to face the you know a, a, a great a great selection, a wide selection of the greatest in-ring performers that wrestling has to offer now. And just, I mean, this is just the, the, this is just scratching the surface of what the world is going to see for Donovan Dijak, man. And I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to, to spend with us here at Cray Wrestling and the Pancakes and Power Sam show and all the listeners uh, listening uh, live right now. And let us know what uh, you got coming up uh, soon on, in the, under the pike. Um, well, I've got, um, I've got some, some appearances coming up with, with Ring of Honor. I'll be in, in Dallas for Supercard of Honor. I'm not sure in what context, hopefully, um, hopefully that context will be announced soon, but maybe it won't. I don't know. (laughs) I guess, I guess that, that remains to be seen. Um, uh, before that I have, uh, Blitzkrieg. Pro wrestling in Connecticut this this Friday, and then I, I got a whole slew of stuff in in April. Um, the the first of which is is uh, Cold Fury, which is the the biggest show of the year for for chaotic wrestling on the uh, the eighth. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and then the whole the whole remainder of April, which which ends with with an appearance at uh, at. Uh, the first ring of honor appearance in new England in a very long time. So I'm very much looking forward to that, uh, in, uh, West Warwick, Rhode Island on the, uh, April 30th. Nice. So where can the people follow you on social media? Uh, everything's Donovan Dijak. It's all D O N O V A N D I J A K. Uh, Twitter's at Donovan Dijak, facebook.com slash Donovan Dijak. Instagram is Donovan Dijak 44, which is the number 44. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Donovan Dijak if you want to pick up any of my merchandise. And then um, more importantly than all that is the the monthly uh, fundraisers that I that I run now in conjunction with Tommaso Ciampa of NXT and, and Mike Bennett of, of TNA Impact. Uh, uh, this this month um, we were uh, we were uh, I think it was GoFundMe.com slash Flint Response. Uh, which is still currently running. Uh, our goal was a thousand dollars, which we recently hit. Uh, much thanks to the the social media support of of Kevin Owens, who retweeted oh, us, and then we pretty quickly after that reached <laughs> reached our goal. So um, so right now it's at a thousand dollars. We can always use more. Um, obviously, the people of Flint, Michigan, need need help with their mm-hmm. their water situation. So. Uh, that's what we're doing this month. Uh, next month, we'll have a new one, and obviously that'll be announced on, on all of our social media platforms, so you can keep an eye out for that. Fantastic. Again, at Donovan Dijak, D-O-N-O-V-A-N-D-I-J-A-K, and Donovan Dijak 44 on Instagram, right? That's right. Awesome. And 44 is your, your uh, sports number, right? 
It's my uh, college basketball number. Yep, I wear it on uh, all of my all of my gear currently. It's on on my butt. <laughs> it's kind of hard to see because it's a, it says feast your eyes over it, but there is a forty four there. Awesome, man. Appreciate your time, Donovan, and uh, best wishes to you, man. It's just scratching the surface, and you know, uh, this time next year, I'm looking forward to see come you know WrestleMania season i guess we can say this this type of this time of wrestling just across the board i'm looking forward to see what next year brings this time and uh yeah man I, i'm i'm just looking for i'm just waiting for a title uh of of an roh i i can i can know i know that it's coming soon man i know that you're going to be involved and in some really heavy stuff continue to be involved and in some really heavy stuff in roh and we're definitely looking forward to that man Oh, definitely. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great night. Thanks. You too. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners. Three. Our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear We taking this year You know who we are But you don't know why we here So this is where the big boys play These big boys play Like who defies the living guy Get out the big boys way Outsiders with the swoop in We live as kings You see in us But our third man waits in the wings And when the time is right We shock him with the proper attack I go for dolo but ain't solo Cut the promo in black Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle Pinning them to the max. And I'm Das Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense in Alabama We jamming, that's beautiful Bobby E and me and Priest We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat Tie the do-rag before we do battle You're talking shit, you all what you speak This too sweet Till the genre is took back We repping that wolf pack The foundation shaking, no mistaking Yeah, we shook that Trust in God, we trust Pushing forward, never look back Meekness ain't at all weakness Some people mistook that Stamping out this crook rap He turning the power we're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man, we bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king, sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games, our army go move too. You too, I'm in the raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Donna brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Before we go on, I definitely want to acknowledge the um, reported 30, even, you know, possibly more um, unfortunate, unfortunate uh, victims of the Brussels uh, terrorist attacks. It's just such a a a a really horrible and just an insensical way to um, to just to really carry out something uh, of any type of disagreement or any statement. I think is absolutely cowardice 
and I think it's ridiculous that someone would decide to do something like that, even at the expense of their own lives. So with that being said, I definitely want to give a moment of silence to the victims of the Brussels terrorist attacks. All right, Derek. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm here. Hanging in there. Awesome, awesome interview as always, Chris. You bring the best out of anybody that comes on this show. And uh, it's good to know he's a good old-fashioned New England boy. Uh, They love their professional sports. They love their professional sports. But here, college football is all we care about. So, (laughs) and uh, that's, that's, you know, and that's, I like that diversity amongst the states, you know, you in your region of the states, you know, like I said, you know, Columbus, Central Iowa, we, all we care about is Buckeye football. And Buckeye basketball, yeah, it's okay, but, you know, you got your Bengals fans, your Browns fans, but Iowa State football just trumps everything, and it should with everybody oh, yeah. in the nation. Everybody in yep. the nation should just love Ohio State. So that's what I want to say about that. But again, I mean, just diving into, you know, Everything that he was saying about Stone Cold and just how, you know, that's the guy that really got him and how he didn't really start watching it until his family got cable, which that's kind of my story, even though I go back a little farther because, you know, it used to be on Fox, but then they took it off cable. I went a few years without being able to watch wrestling. I'd read about it in the magazines. I finally got Satellite Dish, Monday Night Raw, and the rest is history. So, I mean, awesome, awesome. I mean, I hope he does as well as he can. I mean, he's an absolutely true talent and just absolutely flabbergasted to have him on our show. And Wonderful interview, man. Great job. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? I, he's just he's just really someone who I wanted on my show. You know, it's just this is one of those things, man. You, you, you see things in people. I remember Jericho had a cheeseburger on uh, last year or earlier this year, and, and, I, and I respect the heck out of that because you know, I kind of feel that way with Dijak. Like, I just there's just so much rich, raw talent in both Cheeseburger and Donovan Dijak. They're both they're very early in their careers. I think Dijak even earlier, and just you know, I think I think Dijak's like 28, so he's still in his 20s, still a young guy. Just uh, so much rich talent in him, so much unearthed talent that just is coming in him and just even with a year and a half of you know his really making a, a huge statement in ROH you know I definitely wanted him to be on the show you know I, I I'm really I was I'm really excited uh to to actually say that you know he was on the show because you know he's one of those things he's one of those those guests that you know we have legends we had we have the Ganyas we had the Jim Brunzels and, and so forth but there's certain people like I remember Hanson. Hanson was in, in this position too when we had him a couple of years ago, because he won the he won the uh, top prospect tournament. He won the 2014 top prospect tournament, and it, it, it was really interesting that when when I had Hanson on here, it was the same thing. You know, he, Hanson was around. He, he's been he's been wrestling for quite some time. I think it was probably about a dozen years or so, but you know, he really had an opportunity to really make a name for himself, really get in his niche. And he won the top 
top prospect tournament. There was a lot of promise to him in ROH. And, you know, I love grabbing interviews like that. Same thing with Moose. Uh, you know, same same situation. Moose was very early in his ROH career. I love those interviews because you have rich talent who I know and people know has so much promise to them. And, you know, <laughs> interestingly enough, you know, Hanson's a tag team champion right now in ROH. So, you know, I just knew it. It's one of those things that you just knew that he had so much rich potential in him. Same thing with Moose. I mean, oh, man. I always say, people say sky's the limit. I always say sky's the platform because there's just no limit to, to Moose. He has so much amazing talent, and he's very over with the fans. And Dijak falls right there. I mean, just so much amazing talent and just uh, just really being only in the business for less than three years. It's just so much left. So I'm really, really excited about the direction of Donovan Dijak when it comes to professional wrestling. Speaking of professional wrestling, let me start off with a trivia question to you. We're going to go into WrestleMania. Me. Yes. We're going to go back to our WrestleMania trivia. What was the result of the Billy Jack Haynes versus Hercules match at WrestleMania 3? What was the result of that match? Oh, the result, I want to remember, Billy Jack Haynes won. It was a, uh, a full Nelson match. And if I want to be correct, Billy Jack Haynes won that match. Double count out. Double oh. count out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, the Dijak oh. interview and that trivia question that you got wrong is a lot more exciting than Raw. So we're going to go through Raw relatively um, briskly, and we're going to spend some time, you know, talking about the uh, the rest of the Divas uh, statistics that I was talking about last week. Kudos to Adam Martin from WrestleView dot com. Uh, he's the uh, senior ed- editor and uh, webmaster at WrestleView.com, who actually broke that uh, Stan Hansen would be inducted by Vader. So that's uh, awesome stuff. We'll get to that here in a moment. But, yeah, awesome interview. And next week and the week uh-huh. after, we're going to have two editions of WrestleMania Roundtable. We're bringing that back this year, the WrestleMania Roundtable. We're going to celebrate our four-year anniversary uh, on April the 12th. Uh, Got a special guest for April the 12th, our four-year anniversary. So I'm really excited about that. And like I said, next week and the week after, mark your calendars, WrestleMania Roundtable. So we've got some uh, really fun uh, guests coming back. And uh, it should be very, very, very interesting conversation that we will have. And I will, of course, have some trivia ready for each and every one of them. So let's get to Raw. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Stephanie McMahon with an in-ring promo. Roman Reigns interferes. Now, I do want to spend some time on this real quick. Um, I like, see, here's the issue. Here, here's, here's the issue that I'm that I'm experiencing here with with Roman Reigns. Now, I, I, I'm getting closer and closer to waving the white flag and saying, you know what, just go ahead and turn them heel. <coughs> uh, they, 
they did it with the rock it worked just it was probably the best decision that the WWE made with the rock because he was just a really vanilla cookie cutter type of baby face with the with the you know spaghetti type of flares and it was just really weird um horrible horrible baby face uh, initially the the heel turn was absolutely amazing uh, i was a big fan of that absolutely big 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 fan of that and so here's the thing with with that uh roman reigns he can potentially make that same move. However, he was already a somewhat established heel initially. He had a heel run from, you know, when he came, you know, when he debuted at, uh, what, Survivor Series of 2013, I believe it was. Um, That was during the CM Punk Championship run. So that was twenty nine. Rock wanted a twenty. Rock wanted at January of thirteen to lead to Rock Cena two at twenty nine. So it was two thousand twelve that they debuted. Uh, November two thousand twelve um, during CM Punk's uh, title reign. So from I'd say so about a year and a half. He was a he was a solid heel with the with the shield, and they broke up. Um, what uh, summer they broke up? Spring of fourteen, I, I think it was right after summer of fourteen. Payback. Yeah, June of June. Yeah, it was right after yeah. it was the, the raw after payback. Um, so yeah, so that was a year and a half, uh, a little over a year and a half. So he's been he's been a baby face for almost two years now. And, you know, last year was a, was a really trying time for him. Uh, it worked at the end. Uh, it, it, it was one of those things that you could tell. And the same thing with the Philly crowd. He, he got booed. People just want to have their, you know, they want to have their say. They want to troll. They want to, they want to do that. But at the same time, I do understand why people are booing him because they don't – they're not booing Roman Reigns. I, I get a lot of this. I get a whole lot of people saying this. I see it all the time, and, I, and it's true. They're not necessarily booing Roman Reigns. They're booing Vince McMahon and the writing staff on behalf of Roman Reigns, sadly. Uh, but there's so much promise in that guy, and there's a glimpse of hope of him being a Austin-style babyface still. And, his, and this promo showed it. Just the no nonsense. He's coming from the he's coming from the ramp now, which is a very very important nuance. No more coming from the crowd. No more you think you know me edge entrance, you know. And I'm and I'm totally fine with that. I hope he doesn't come from the crowd at WrestleMania either. And so he, you know, Stephanie Man's the heat magnet. Him against Stephanie, which worked. You know, at the end of last year, really helped uh, put him over as a babyface. People cheering him. They booed him initially, and then you know, it, it, the only thing it took was him blocking the mic, and he started getting cheered. So people, it just it, it just really seems like people want to get behind Roman Reigns. 
but the booking is so atrocious that it's really tough for them to. But if, they're, if they keep this, you know, he's almost to the point of damaged goods right now as a baby face. But, I, you know, it, it's just glimpse of hope. I see that there's promise. And then, you know, <laughs> my hope is retracted because when he does like a, a ridiculous smile or just takes so long on the promo, it's just ridiculous. I think this is a really good first segment for Roman Reigns, though, because it was needed for us to see that there's hope and just reviving him as that no-nonsense face, you know, similar to his heelish antics on the shield, but more of an anti-hero. I think it was a good first segment. I don't know if it's too late, but at least it was, it showed some hope of they could do something right with Roman Reigns if they keep him in this direction. Oh, man. I just, the thing about it is he came out with the promo. He doesn't own his promos. Because, you know, Steph McMahon comes out. Triple H isn't going to be here. He comes out, says his piece, and there was nothing. That was it. I mean, there was no nothing to take away from it. I mean, the dude is so boring. I mean, the best thing he could do is turn heel. That's the only thing I can see to keep this thing alive. I don't know anybody that's a diehard Roman Reigns fan within my little wrestling posse crew or whatever. It's, nobody talks about him. Nobody really cares. The only thing they say is, yeah, they're just ramming him down our throat. And I agree with you. Vince McMahon, the booking staff, are just horrible with him. But it's just, again, he doesn't own his promos. When he's on stage, he's just there smiling, doing a stupid grin. He's got to do something. I mean, flip the bird. Do whatever you need to do to get something. Get a reaction. I mean, it's, it's coming down to the crowd. I was never a huge fan of that because, again, that's stealing from Edge. It's been done. He doesn't need to do that anymore. And I'm glad that he's not. Is that a step in the right direction? I'm not too sure. But the thing is, he just does not – he's just there. That's the thing. I ask, he just shows up. There's Roman Reigns. People cheer because that's what they're programmed to do. But it's not a cheer. Like, people don't go ecstatic. Like, you know, you know, when Stone Cold would come out. I mean, the place went nuts. You don't have that with Roman Reigns. I don't know if you ever will have that with Roman Reigns. So, it's he's the most – paper booking thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's, you know, if he goes away with WrestleMania, he's got the title, then what? Turn that guy heel. Maybe he can do something with that. I mean, he's never been a heel on his own once he was with the Shield. But, again, the dude just shows up there, that's it. And there's nothing – you leave scratching your head like, okay, what big whoop, what's next? That shouldn't happen. That's it. I agree. You know, you're making some good points, man. You know, we'll see. We'll see what comes up the pike um, as far as what they're going to have for Roman Reigns. I'm intrigued. You know, he, he's. I'm intrigued to see. I mean, he, at least he's infectious. At least he draws, and that's what Vince is looking for, man. He does draw. What type of? Ma- oh, this is open question. What type of match did Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis have at WrestleMania three? What type of match did Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis have at WrestleMania 3? Okay, Jericho and AJ, here's the thing. I posted the the post-match thing uh, on the Cray Wrestling Facebook page. So you're having these people, AJ Styles, AJ Styles. Well, you're coming out there on SmackDown, you did the same thing, which caused – a, a roll-up victory by Kevin Owens 
Same thing happens on Raw. Roll up victory by Kevin Owens. So AJ get AJ Styles gets upset, challenges Jericho, who he's already who he's already beat two out of three times, but Jericho refuses in the post interview backstage. This and uh, talk about your convoluted, ridiculous. I just don't. I I just don't see it. I mean, listen, the match would the match will blow the stadium, blow the roof off of Dallas and Dallas, you know, it, it's going to be amazing. It's absolutely going to be an amazing match and it's going to tear the roof off the place. And I know it is. I, it's going to be one of the best matches of the night. I have a feeling I get it. It's WrestleMania. They're going to go all out. This match was amazing, by the way, between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. Definitely had an opportunity to be the match of the year. With, and the screw, the screw finish just messed it all up. I mean, I just don't understand why you're building Jericho Styles as if to be intrigued when they're already faced each other three times and once at a pay-per-view. I mean, the first match of AJ Styles was him beating Jericho cleanly in his debut match. I'm not very intrigued about match number four, which most likely will be won by AJ Styles again. It's just the 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 art the the artistry and the creativity of builds from the WWE has been so embarrassing, and this is one of them. I get it. I I get that they wanted to do something different, turn Jericho heel, add another layer to the feud, but don't don't wrestle three matches. Then I mean, just it just doesn't make sense. If if Jericho would have beaten, if Jericho would have lost to AJ Styles in his first match, which I still don't think was was smart because you just got to build to something like that. But if Jericho would have lost to AJ Styles' his first match, the right booking would have gotten people to totally forget that. It would have been, you know, a passing of the torch. Jericho loses to AJ. It's not really a passing of the torch because, Jake, unfortunately, Jericho loses to just about anyone. But just for the sake of Jericho's legacy and respect and high amount of respect toward the toward the wrestling, uh, I guess, creative. I guess I'm, I'm using these terms very loosely because – no, his his respect, and I'm a Jericho guy. People know, but just his booking, the way the his win loss record has been very has 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 tarnished his career on the WWE for sure. But he's he's a he's a he's a respected talent. So with that, you're passing the torch in that sense to AJ Styles. Jericho respects AJ Styles. Jericho helps AJ Styles. You know, New Day could have jumped him. He could have won against Kofi Kingston or Big E or Xavier Woods. Jericho could have made the save, and then they could have went to the tag team feud with Y2AJ, could have made more money out of those shirts. It could have went a further time. We should have got the legitimacy of Y2AJ before uh, the the. Fast lane. They shouldn't have went against each other at fast lane. It should have been Y two AJ against the New Day. Period. It should have been that. We we would have got just enveloped in this t- 
tag team and in this feud because they had a really good match on Raw a couple of weeks ago. And then if you wanted to do the turn, you would have had Jericho turn on AJ based on that very first match. Not two matches later, you would have had Jericho turn on AJ based on that first match and feeling a sense of embarrassment and wanting to get retribution in a heelish way. That would have been the perfect way in a much better way, at least a much better way to book it into, instead, of, instead of I'm mad at AJ Styles because he gets more cheers than me. Such a ridiculous and horrible way to book a feud. We're supposed to buy into Jericho wanting to get retribution against AJ Styles because he gets more cheers than he does. What, what type of nonsense is that? It's stupid. And the thing that I hate about it so much is, to me, I'm a Y2J guy, have been for years. I'm tired of him. I want him to go away. The booking has just made it to where I don't enjoy seeing him anymore. If I have to hear him chant AJ Styles one more time, I'm going to lose it. There's just this Y2J and AJ Styles tag team. I would have liked to have seen it last up until maybe SummerSlam or something. Just make it a huge, dominant tag team, and then let the jealousy and crap come in. But then you got Y2J, oh, I'm jealous because they chant AJ Styles more than they chant my name, boo-hoo-hoo. And Chris Jericho, at this point, you've got nothing else to prove. You are the man. Yeah. You are the legend. You are Chris Jericho. And, it's, again, I don't want to see Chris Jericho anymore. I'm tired of it. It's dumb. I can't stand what they're doing to his character. I'm surprised that he's even putting up with it. Yeah, he respects AJ Styles, but the thing is AJ Styles doesn't need Chris Jericho to do this for him, and Chris Jericho doesn't need it because it's killing his character. It's making me turn sour against Chris Jericho. So uh, this thing, I don't know what... It, it, again, we go back to it's horrible booking. I love Chris Jericho with all my heart. The dude is phenomenal at everything he does. But I don't like to see him anymore. I want him to go away, retire, do whatever you need to do, because this is just killing. It's worse than you losing all this time. It's just it makes you look like just a pathetic loser, and, and that's it. It just I'm sick of it, and I, I don't want to. I want Chris Jericho to go away for a while, maybe come back for his final whatever, swan song match later, maybe SummerSlam, go away for a while because you're really just souring everything that I like about you, period. Sadly, very sadly. Good job, the correct answer. Hair versus hair match, WrestleMania 3. All right, so Ambrose, Terry Funk segment. Uh, I mean, it was cool to see Terry Funk back. You know, I suppose these segments are – adding some type of, you know, interest to this hardcore or no DQ match. I guess I don't want to say hardcore anymore, I suppose. But no DQ match with uh, Ambrose and Lesnar. To me, to be to be honest with you, I think it would be very interesting to add both of them to the match. If, if like, have them, you know, do a run-in at the end of the match and help, you know, um, Ambrose – you know, with Lesnar. It would be interesting if Foley comes out and actually bring the barbed wire bat to him and Terry Funk comes out and actually brings the chainsaw to him. Um, that would be a nice little 
addition to that. I think this needs all the bells and whistles because, I mean, just this match on paper, Lesnar and Ambrose, I mean, Lesnar has shown week after week that he could just manhandle Ambrose with one hand tied behind his back, blindfolded. So just on paper, just this does not seem like a an even match whatsoever. But adding Foley, adding Terry Funk to come out, bringing their weapons of choice to help out Ambrose would be very an interesting take to this to this match at WrestleMania, and it'll make it a lot more memorable. It'll make it good, and I'd like to see both of those guys come out. But what's Ambrose going to do with the chainsaw? Cut Brock's arms and legs off? Yeah, you can't do that in WWE. <laughs> They're PC. They can't do that anymore. Maybe they would have gotten away with it back in 97. Who knows? But anyway, yeah, so it's it can use all the bells and whistles it needs, like you said. But, you know, on paper it looks weak. But, you know, it's something – they're going to pull out all the stops. I think it's really going to be a great WrestleMania moment for uh, Ambrose. Probably not as much for Brock, but yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. So um, I like to have this see those guys come in. Yeah, he brings the chainsaw out, have JR go out there and, and commentate. Somebody call his family. <laughs> somebody call somebody call an ambulance. He's bloody everywhere. <laughs> Stow cows, Stow cows. Uh but yeah. <laughs> Good old JR. So so Biggie and Rusev uh, I was actually happy that Biggie won the match because they tried to just throw a Biggie Rusev feud, you know, countless amount of times. It seemed like a couple of years ago they even made Biggie a Patriot, and he would just lose over and over to Rusev. So it was a great moment for me to see Biggie actually pin Rusev. So it was a good match. And this new, in this tr- transition to uh, from heel to face, I've adapted to it a lot quicker than I thought I was. Um, but just the, the, the promo beforehand was just really cheesy and went too, way too long, but the match quality was good. Yeah, match quality was great. I mean, the New Day, to me, they've always kind of been a shade of gray because they're always that you want you don't want to like them because, you know, they're considered heel, but then they always brought a smile to your face. You've always enjoyed watching them come out. Their promos, the bootios, I'm kind of over that. I'm stupid. But uh, the rest of it, yeah, New Day can do what they do. Good props, Biggie, for beating her pin and Rusev. So good for that. Yeah, new Day is the New Day, and there, there's nothing else on the WWE roster like them at this moment, which is good because they stand in, alone on their own little platform. By God, somebody get an ambulance! <laughs> Someone call Bill. He's dead. <laughs> he just cut off his darn leg. They need to bring Sable out to disrupt Ambrose and have her pull off her gown and have her body paint on. No, No, thanks. No, thanks. They saved that for the bedroom. Maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Big Show in-ring promo interrupted by social outcasts. This was just just a nothing segment just to build up the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal. Just, you know, this this really didn't do do much. Uh, Your boy Fandango uh, came back and you texted me. Horrible embarrassment. (laughs) Yeah. I was so excited. I see. Yeah. But, uh, you know, loses to to, – Jericho, 
And Jericho's, you know, trying to sell this, I never lost to Fandango, which, yeah, you did. So we talked about that as far as challenging uh, AJ coming out and challenging. So here's the thing. Zack Ryder and Sin Cara and Godess was the three people that was chosen Stardust. by Kevin Owens. Uh, or Stardust, yeah. Was the three people chosen by Kevin Owens. We got we to gotta kind of move it here. And he... Had a you know he had the opportunity to make the triple threat match. He changed it up, which is very interesting and heelish and conniving and brilliant of him, which is very interesting. So it ended up being Ryder, Sin Cara, and Goldust. I was waiting for a multi-man ladder match. It just seemed like the writing was on a wall uh, for it, and this is how it was set up. So basically, it's going to be Ryder, Sin Cara, Stardust, Zayn, Ziggler, and the Miz uh, against. Each other as well as uh, Kevin Owens. Now, I'm all I'm all I, I'm all cool. I'm all fine for this for the concept because, I, like I've said before in years past on the show, I think that it was you know the fact that it's missing that Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, I, I think that there was something that we enjoyed and we looked forward to as being exclusive to WrestleMania. So I'm liking these. Intercontinental title ladder matches. The people, on the other hand, uh, you know, there's reports that it was supposed to be Neville instead of Zack Ryder. No offense to Zack Ryder. I like the hype bros. I think that they're doing well with them in NXT. You know, had some good matches on superstars, but but Zack Ryder, what is Sin Cara done? And I like Sin Cara. It brings a diversity. He finally gets his WrestleMania moment match. That character's trying. They've been trying to work on that. The original uh, Sin Cara Mystico just kind of botched it and just made a horrible investment. So finally, they're giving him an opportunity. You know, Miz is a, is a great solid mid card heel, so you know he can be injected in there. Ziggler as well, but and then Zayn hasn't really earned his stripes yet, so to speak. I mean, he eliminated Kevin Owens at, at Royal Rumble, so I guess that counts. But it's an uh, it's an interesting choice of people. I mean, Ryder, Sin Cara, uh, and Zayn. I, I'm just kind of leery about those choices. It's I mean, Stardust loses all the time. How does he deserve an Intercontinental title shot? I guess since he's been Intercontinental champions, Cody Rose, I just kind of automatically <laughs> puts them in the in, in the match. It's just it, it's a weird combination to me. It's a dumb combination. I mean, the only one in there that deserves to be in there is Ziggler, The Miz, I give you that, and KO, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is going to win that match, and maybe Ziggler might, which is great. Ziggler's been an intercontinental champion a few times, so, I mean, that's – yeah, but it's just a cluster of misfits that don't belong in there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, just make it between Ziggler and Kevin Owens. It would be a much better match, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Except I you've seen that match. To bring everybody on the card, and I can respect that. I mean, you know, it's the biggest payday of the year. I can respect that. I definitely can. But you have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for that. I mean, I'm sure that you can grab three people out of the Battle Royal that should have been inserted in this match more. I mean, again, you know, not to throw shade on Zack Ryder or Sin Cara or uh, Sami Zayn. And I like, I really like, I like Sami Zayn a lot. I mean, 
Sami Zayn's great. I loved him when he was El Generico. I loved, he's great as Sami Zayn. I really like him, but they're care nothing against them. I mean, because Sin Cara is a great a great wrestler, Sami Zayn as well, and so is Zack Ryder. Great hand, but the build isn't strong enough to just put them in an Intercontinental Title match. It's not their fault at all. It's just the build is very lackluster for me to really care about that. All right, we got to roll. Uh, Roman Reigns attacks Triple H. Didn't move the needle at all. I mean, just to really, it just didn't make any sense. Uh, Charlotte and Natalya to build the triple threat match. <laughs> Bubba Ray Dudley and R Truth. I guess they're trying. I guess their Golden Truth is back. Is, is kind of forming finally. Uh, then the Usos makes the save after both of them get. Uh, Vince McMahon entering promo says if Undertaker does not defeat Sammy McMahon at WrestleMania, it will be his last. This has been a couple minutes on this real quick. So this is kind of a, uh, if you win, WWE, if you win, Chain's gone. But if you lose, you're gone, match. It just it, it just makes it even more confusing to me. There's... It, it, <laughs> They're not building Taker as a heel at all. So how we how does it make sense to split the cheers on a match that Vince McMahon is the clear cut heel, but his representative is a clear cut babyface? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, none of it does. This whole match is just ridiculous, and it's I'm I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a great match, but there's really nothing. There's no give or take. I mean. Either outcome is going to be horrible, and it's not going to be good for business. So I don't really see, you know, the Undertaker isn't anyone's minion. If it is his last pay-per-view or his last WrestleMania, then evidently he's going to retire, and that'll be it. Shane, who knows what he's going to be doing since clear-cut as far as if he's going to stay with WWE or if he's going to be with this match and go off and do his thing. I want to see him take over Raw. I think he's an awesome personality for the business. So, I mean, that's pretty much give and take. What are you going to get from it? Let's stay in the WrestleMania three vein, Derek. Who came out with Jake Roberts when he faced the Honky Tonk Man? And... Alice Cooper. Huh, Alice Cooper, huh? Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Very good job. And then Dean Ambrose and, and Braun Strowman, they're, they're trying to protect Strowman's character. Uh, that's, that's the reason why it seems was a, a DQ, and I'm okay with protecting Strowman because you know, give him some steam, build him up for like a SummerSlam match against Lesnar or Reigns. I'm, I'm totally fine with that, but you know, it, a DQ finish and having Strowman win when you're trying to build up Dean Ambrose, I think it just would have made much more sense of the Y family would have jumped uh, Dean Ambrose when they see when they saw he was having some steam. And when it made perfect sense to actually have Ambrose win by disqualification, just those things makes a, a a world of difference when it comes to building someone correctly. Uh, I know a whole lot of this just doesn't make sense. I mean, the Raw last night was a bust, and uh, get him with Ambrose. They just want to make him look like the absolute underdog. That just you know, all odds are always going to be against him no matter what. But uh, you know, have him lose with DQ. It's you know, it is what it was. It was cool to see him come out when Vince McMahon was still on the Titan Tron and just kind of 
push Vince McMahon aside or whatever. But what they're going to do with him, who knows? But they always try to make him look like the weaker person when he should be a little more than that. But, you know, it's the writing's on the wall and the writing sucks. Yeah. Real quick, part two of the Diva statistics. Uh, we talked about a huge gap uh, between WrestleManias and Leilani Kai being a part of both of those matches. Um, going in um, as champ and one and leaving uh, and, and challenger. Uh, so we get uh, 15 with Sable versus Tory, 2000. Or WrestleMania 16, Terry Runnels versus the Cat. Uh, Terry Runnels defeated the Cat. Uh, 17 was pretty good. China and Ivory. Uh, China uh, won the um, the women's championship. Uh, pretty good. She was a babyface at the time. And then 18, Jazz versus uh, Jazz defeated Lita in uh, Trish Stratus. I was a I was a fan of Jazz. I think Jazz was a uh, pretty handy um, woman's wrestler at the time. Real quick, uh, Stan Hansen's in the Hall of Fame and inducted by Vader. Well-deserved, man. I I just had to go back real quick and watch some Lariatos. And, uh, oh, my goodness. That guy would just decapitate the heads. Oh, my God. He just decapitated his own head. (laughs) I just thought, man, I tell you, Stan Hansen was the man. His lariats were just, oh, I, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of any type of Stan Hansen lariat, period. Oh, of course not, man. I mean, the thing about him, he's just your tough guy. I mean, there's him, Harley Race, just absolute just reeks of toughness. I mean, JBL, his clothesline from hell was, you know, just didn't mirror what the lariat was, so it was good, but it wasn't it was good. hilarious. <laughs> it was believable, but it wasn't the lariat. And just to have Vader, I think what was it? Hanson knocked Vader's eyeball out of his socket or something like that. Yeah, and that's disgusting. I don't even want to think about, it, but you know, <laughs> glad this sounds like it's shaping up to be a good Hall of Fame class. So I'm happy. About I agree. That. I agree. Real quick, flavor of the week. It is now time for the. Flavor of the week. All right, so let's squeeze in. Let's try to squeeze in 17 to 24. So we have Kane defeating uh, Big Show and Raven for the Hardcore Championship. Eddie Grail beating Test for the European Championship. Uh, like I said, China defeating Ivory for the Women's Championship. And uh, Edge and Christian winning the uh, Tag Team Championship of TLC. And then the Rock losing against Steve Austin for the WWE Championship 17. Look at all those title changes. 17 was just absolutely amazing to me. I want to see that back. 18, we have uh, four, let's see, Regal losing against RVD for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, We had Jericho losing. Uh, to Triple H uh, for the Undisputed Championship at 18. It was pretty tough following, uh, well, the the women's match was sandwiched in between that, but Rock Hogan was just uh, on a class of its own. Uh, 19, Victoria losing to Trish Stratus, triple threat match. 
for the women's championship. Jazz was also included, like I said. And also, Kurt Angle losing to Brock Lesnar uh, for the undisputed championship. 20. Uh, WrestleMania 20. Uh, we had... <clears throat> uh, WrestleMania 20... Uh, it was uh, Benoit. Benoit winning uh, triple threat for the uh, tag team championship. Uh, very interesting. So, talk about your JR commentary, man. Uh, if anyone has a chance, watch that again. JR just absolutely hit a amazing home run in that commentary during that match. John Cena defeated JBL for the WWE Championship. Batista defeated Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship uh, at 21. Let's see if we can squeeze all of them in right quick and get your thoughts there. 22, we saw Mickey James defeating Trish Stratus for the women's. Uh, JBL defeating Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. Kurt Angle losing to Rey Mysterio in the triple threat with Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then 23, uh, we saw at 23, Undertaker beating Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then finally, and then I'll get your thoughts real quick, Derek, at 2424, uh, we saw, <clears throat> as far as title changes is concerned, uh, we saw Kane defeating Chavo Guerrero real quick uh, for the ECW Championship and Edge losing to The Undertaker for the uh, World Heavyweight Championship. All right, real quick, give me about 15 seconds. What was your most memorable one? Uh, Rock losing to Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17, probably one of the top five WrestleManias of all time. Wasn't too happy about Stone Cold turning, you know, being friendly with Vince and whatever. But, you know, that's what wrestling is, folks. Pancakes and power slams for life. I agree. Rock Austin for me, too. 17 was absolutely amazing, and that was definitely convincing. We're going to finish it out next week, 25 to 31. And then we'll also have the round table next week. Got a lot of fun stuff. Go home show to WrestleMania. Can you feel the excitement for WrestleMania? Thank you for Donovan Dijak being on the show. Great interview. Thank you so much for taking your time to chat with us tonight. Of course, at Crave Wrestling Twitter, Crave Wrestling Facebook. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. Daddy loves my boys, and you are absolutely welcome. <laughs> Have a good night. Enjoy. God bless. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 